welcome to the latest review from Friends and Film, which this week will be for Brad Pitt's space drama, Ad Astra. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, once again joined by Josh Straley. I'm thinking a lot today about fall season mm-hmm. and not how it relates to the weather or pumpkin spice lattes or uh, let's say football or sports, but I am thinking about the fall movie season. Mm-hmm. And is this the first official week of the fall movie season, Cooper? Um, I, I don't know. Do you want to classify Hustlers as the kickoff? Yes. Let's classify Hustlers <laughs> as the kickoff. <laughs> then I guess we're in week two. Because we are two for two on, like, I don't know. Oh, spoiler alert for your thoughts on that Astra, I, I guess. Uh, well, I mean, just two for two in the movies. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know how else you classify that. And my point is, we're getting into the season where everyone's bringing out the big guns. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting. I am hyped for that. Yeah, I mean, so am I. Um, I guess, Josh, we kind of introduced this brand new format for Friends and Film last week. We did. Where uh, you're getting this review here, just a review episode from Friends and Film on Ad Astra on Tuesdays. You hopefully already listened to our news-only episode, that which dropped on Sunday. And then we have our big questions now on Thursdays. So just trying to give you three episodes per week now, but hopefully each of them are now well under an hour every single time instead of a longer episode at the start of the week a mid-sized episode in the middle of the week we're just kind of spreading out all the love throughout the week and josh if they want to stay up to date on all those movements when we're dropping new episodes just in case you know maybe they haven't subscribed yet for some reason which you should uh what's the best way for them to stay up to date on this Mm, good question well we will have all those announcements on twitter at friends and film and as well on there will be like latest updates on um, news, reviews, anything coming down the pipeline from friends and film or your favorite studios or actors or, you know, and above and beyond. But if you're looking for those episodes, reviews, news, you can find those on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts can be found. But if you can on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That will ultimately help rank us and that we can find more friends of the show. That's right. So let's just jump into this review of Ad Astra. Josh, mm. who should kick off, me or you? Flip a coin. Ping. Oh, it's you. Okay. I will start off about Ad Astra, which is a movie I saw uh, last night. IMAX, not 3D. It's not in 3D. It's just regular, good old IMAX, big screen, loud sound. And I will say, if you go see this movie, which I think you should, Go see it in IMAX. It is well worth the money, or if you have AMC stubs or some subscription package, it's just worth that extra time to you know make sure you choose your seat, go to the bigger screen. It is worth it because this movie looks great from start to finish, thanks in large part to Hoyt von Hoytma, cinematographer, but also I think James Gray deserves a lot of that credit for, as the director. Uh, it sounds great as well. There was a lot of, um, I kind of had Blade Runner 2049 vibes uh-huh. in the score a little bit, um, but also... In the way it looked, there's also there's obvious interstellar uh, parallels because it is Hoyt. I, I, you're, you're mad at me. Am I stealing all your points? <laughs> no, you're starting from a place where I just don't like. Why? It looks great. It sounds great. And then... And then? But, yes, there's a but coming here. <laughs> the but is that I liked it. Oh. Yeah, no, it's not like I, I wasn't... I was just starting off because I was, start, I was talking about IMAX. So I think <laughs> if you're going to go see it in IMAX, I'm trying to sell people on mm-hmm. seeing it in IMAX because it sounds great and it looks great. Yes. But there is also a great lead performance by Brad Pitt, no need to worry, Josh. Um, I think he is really good in this movie. There's I, I like just kind of sticking on with the parallels I found with this movie that that I was kind of reminded of uh, First Man, which I mean it's a space astronaut movie, so there's a lot of that, but it's also 
Brad Pitt um, as Roy McBride. He is this. He has this emotionless personality throughout most of the movie, where he's always at this base heart rate of like below eighty mm-hmm. uh, beats per minute. Yeah. And he like prides himself on that. He's always trying to stay level-headed um, and even keeled throughout anything that comes his way. And because of that, there's a lot of just Brad Pitt just kind of being there and looking off in the distance and taking you through this journey across space. Um, and instead of a lot of like dialogue from him, there's a lot of voiceover in this movie, maybe a little too much. I feel like he relied on that quite a bit uh, to get across what Roy is feeling. And he's like, here, mm-hmm. let me tell you. And not necessarily like showing me. There's a couple great moments where Pitt or Pitt where Pitt is asked to deliver on those moments and he nails them. Um, and I just wish maybe there's a little bit more from them uh, for him to do. Otherwise, it's really his movie. The, their supporting cast, and they're, they're great. Ruth Nega, uh, Tommy Lee Jones is in here, Liv Tyler, and uh, Donald Sutherland. But they each get like less than five minutes of screen time maybe and not a lot to do. So this mm-hmm. is really a Brad Pitt movie. And I think just based on the amount of people that I was surprised to see in my theater last night, you can still tell that Brad Pitt is still a draw. He is still a movie star, and he will get people in uh, theaters to see this movie, which I think is well-deserved. Gray's direction I really liked. It's personal. Again, it's not this big cosmic tale it, i mean there's that that's the premise of the whole thing but this is really more of a personal um father and son story in a lot of ways and i think it works in that regard um i think it just continues a great year for pit uh and again go see this in imax so we can you know get more movies like this from disney and fox i'm gonna give it four ticket stubs out of five yeah, josh yeah passed on to you all right thank you so much um i will agree with you though right at the top um the movie is gorgeously shot um there's like a, there's a the, the narration and story moves like a daydream and it's transcendental at some points and i just really love like that part if you love like you said you mentioned blade runner 29 if you loved arrival if you loved blade runner 2049 this is the this is our this year's version of that kind of quality sci-fi making starring Brad Pitt of all people like the la- one of the last people you would like toss in a movie like this mm-hmm. I think in terms of just like sheer star quality and everything like that um, so it's incredible um, I'll go to so far to say right now it is my favorite movie of the year whoa yeah it absolutely is it's subtle with all of its story um it never really tries to rest itself from you know beyond I mean it's it's an interstellar movie but you never feel like the vastness of space is the point here mm-hmm. it is solely Roy McBride's mission to go find his father um out by Neptune and you know as you're traversing across you know space with all of these things like Brad like you said Brad Pitt is just shouldering this movie in a way that I don't think I've seen someone do in a movie this way since uh, probably the Will Smith movie I Am Legend I think in a lot of ways it's really just him with some ancillary characters you mentioned Donald Sutherland Ruth Nega um, Liv Tyler and then you know of course Tommy Lee Jones who I think really is stepping into his like old man role you yeah. know in f- 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 for film I, I don't know I'd just be eager to see more Tommy Lee Jones um, with that kind of quality I don't know I think there's an Oscar for him somewhere in some role but anyway um, I love that and then you mentioned Hoyt's cinematography is just beautiful the, the like the light that they have on Mars from Earth to you know the artificial places they have and this whole rover sequence mm-hmm. where you're just like this is soundless, but yeah, at the same time, completely impactful. Um, and then you just like, 
the way they play with it in relation to Roy's journey across the stars and how the, all the all their color kind of just gets sucked away as Roy's mind just becomes, you know, really, um, you know, one track mm-hmm. looking for his father. I thought that was like beautiful. Um, but the narration, yeah, it was fine. It opens up the story. It kind of gives you these details of the world, but I couldn't help but wonder what will be going on when, you know, or what we would be feeling and seeing if we didn't have Brad Pitt's voice constantly telling us what we were seeing and mm. feeling. Subway, Applebee's signage on the moon. Like, yeah, like that's obvious. It's blaring. We don't need you to say, oh, it's been turned into a tourist trap. Like, it's just some like, it's that, there's those heavy handed elements that I just kind of like, hmm, I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I really want to experience it without. But I can not really get a hold of it against it. I am, I'm a fan of James Gray's last two films. His other works are, you know, hit or miss. But uh, all that said, I'm going to give it five out of five tickets. There we go. I really, really loved it. Um, Neptune, like that entire sequence was just gorgeous. And that's when I knew like this movie was it. Yeah. I mean, it lived lived up to your, uh, uh, your explanation that bad movie trailers for (laughs) sci-fi space movies that, you know, they turn out into great movies. Yeah. Because you just really can't explain. It's hard to explain what it is. And then, so you get a trailer and it's like, well, what was that about? And you're just like, I just got to go see this thing and yeah. find it out for myself. And I mean, I think the trailers, like, there, I think there's the potential for people to go into this thinking it's one thing and it's it's not. It's the, it is this father-son, like, personal story across space. It's not a space adventure going to the moon, to Mars, to Neptune mm-hmm. uh, with Brad Pitt, like, and, you know, space cars and space buggies and shoot 'em ups Like, no, that's not, that's not what this movie is. They marketed on that. So if you've seen the marketing and that's what you're expecting this movie to be, just leave those expectations as you walk into the theater because that's not what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you you know have an open mind to what they present, I think you'll really uh, enjoy this movie. And I guess before we move to spoilers, I do want to uh, talk about one of my favorite sequences of the film, which is not a spoiler. It is something that I think immediately will get you on board, and it's the opening sequence where the, the surge first happens. That was like chilling. Mm-hmm. how well every component about that scene was done with, with you know the vfx work to make this giant like like space station that reaches up into the skies yeah. like look legit but then there's the shot where you know uh roy is climbing like uh, he steps out to climb down ladder and you just get a pan over and i had like a sense of like vertigo where i was like oh <laughs> yes. no i don't like yeah. it was it was so incredible to see that i was like it locked it locks you in so quickly that I think from that point on it's hard not to be on board with what this movie does. Mm-hmm. I actually thought you were going a different direction. Oh, okay. We get opening title cards, mm-hmm. and then we get the "To the Stars" the Latin phrase, and then "Ad Astra," which mm-hmm. is what it means. And then I thought you were about to say like we get like this slow pan to the right, and it's the sun coming over the horizon. Oh yeah. And at that moment, I was like. Oh, we're in for something really good. Yeah, here. I mean, I mean, all this space stuff. Like, I mean, this movie has a budget reported like eighty million dollars, and mm-hmm. so I'm assuming a lot of that went into making all the space stuff look great because it is on like you know the par of like a gravity or something like that, where all the space stuff looks incredible. But I mean, I also want to know like, did they use any miniatures for that like moon chase sequence? Because like some of that stuff seemed like pretty difficult to pull off. Um, and it, it all looked super real. So I'm like, I don't know what they did to make that possible. Um, soundstage in LA, dark room for the close-ups. Uh-huh. And... I figured that much because like... Death Valley. There, there's never stars behind them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just pitch black. Like, oh, that's, oh, that's a little weird. Okay. And then they used... Um, well, th- that's actually in the, that's actually a space thing too. You really? can either expo- be exposed for the moon when you take when you shoot the moon in, with photography 
or you can be exposed for like really? stars. Yeah. Huh. So that's why conspiracy theorists are like, how come you can't see any stars in the photos? And it's like, well, you can either be exposed for the moon or Earth. You can only pick one or the other. Okay. Yeah. Because the light know. is so how the light is. It's just so far away that like it can't they can't pick it up or because the light on the moon won't let you pick up like the contrast, the uh-huh. dynamic range. I don't know if we could probably do it now or not, but Hmm, good question. <laughs> yeah. But like anyway, that's that's a it's a photography thing. I don't know the very specifics. I'll send you a link. Okay. Um but then they went to Death Valley and shot the rovers and everything like that with rigs and it's I think Indie Wire has a article about okay. explaining how they did it all. It involved three D cameras and it's very cool. But um the moon. Yes. That chase sequence. Like that's like an element of the uh Good in the spoiler territory yeah, let's here. let's move into spoilers for Ad Astra. So you have not seen it yet. Pause here, go see the movie based on our recommendation, and skip ahead, and then then come back, listen to it. Or if you're not going to see it and you just want to hear our spoiler-free thoughts, you can skip ahead to what we've watched recently, which will be at the very end of this episode. All right. So basically, it's the future. The moon has been divided into quadrants uh-huh. per continent, so they like divided it up like that. Cool idea. Oh really? Yeah. Did you hear? Him? Oh, no, Mars has been divvied up into quadrants. Yeah, because it seemed to me like the moon had just like that one big commercialized base. It's like, yes. here's shopping centers and, you know, restaurants, and mm-hmm. you can just come here and be a tourist attraction. I'm like, that's that's what the moon will be yeah, at Virgin, some point, Virgin, sure. There's a future where Virgin Galactic is the name and, you know, flying people to and from the moon, mm-hmm. like all these, like, really cool things. I loved the uh, the, the joke when uh, Roy is like, hey, can I get a, a pillow and blanket? And, like, the police, or not the police, the, the space stewardess is like, mm-hmm. sure, that'll be $125. He's just like, <laughs> um, okay. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yes. yes, like, we're, we're starting off immediately. Like, yeah, if you are going to space, everything would be so ridiculously mm-hmm. expensive. And, like, he stayed with that. I, I a, like that. It's a classic airline thing, too. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like, any up, you want three inch, inch extra inches of, you know, space? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. That's going to be a whole $95 upgrade. Right. <laughs> Economy plus or whatever they're doing. Um, I had a point, but I lost it. Oh, space pirates, the mm-hmm. rover chase. How all of those things come together is that there's bounds of outlaws and miniature moon bases and space tech is affordable now where you can right. just loot and pirate up on the moon. I love that. That's like a really cool idea. I mean, I, yeah, and I loved it in the the chase sequence when the Roy's vehicle gets hit up against the side and they spin out of control and they go over the edge and like usually in action we're like, oh boy, here they, here comes the crash and so they just keep spinning and rotating out into space. It's like, <laughs> yes. oh, like that's like that's genius. Like Perfect yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, and then a fl- flee into the dark part of the moon. Yeah. so that's so cool. So yeah, it was uh, all that stuff was really well done. Um, I do also want to talk about one of my other favorite sequences of this movie, which uh, is when they are going to Mars. Roy's part of this like expedition team mm. and he's like there's a vessel that has laid out an sos signal and he's like oh we're gonna stop there and he's like no like i'm part of a classified mission we need to get to my destination somebody else can take care of this and they're like eh, whatever you know it's, it's protocol we have to do this and right. like okay well i guess i'll go with you captain and uh they go aboard and like people are dead and you don't know what's happening you see claw marks on the side then all of a sudden uh, a monkey appears mm-hmm. and it just starts trying to attack Brad Pitt. It's already killed the captain. I was like, that was so intense and mm-hmm. thrilling and great. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, like the, the bad, like some kind of like rabid, fierce baboon. Mm-hmm. Crazy good. I totally, yeah. And then, oh man, all of that. And then like you, yes. And then you get to Mars. There's a great cameo by um, the Netflix star of Russian Doll. Uh, whose name is Natasha 
Leon. Really? Who's she? She works. She's the. Mars oh, she, is she the like the person at the worker. desk? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So she had a great camera. She looked a little familiar, but I, I've never seen Russian doll. I mean, I've seen the the photos and stuff, but uh, I was like, she looks like somebody I know, but I didn't actually end up looking mm-hmm. up her afterwards. Um, also, Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. Yeah. So great cameo there. But um, story wise, mm-hmm. this is. I think you tweeted about you tweeted the joke about it last night. Yeah. Um, calling the movie. Bad Dastra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, it is it is really heavy handed on like the, uh, boo, like in summary, boohoo, my daddy left me yeah. and he doesn't love me, and and you can make you can joke about it like all, but like it really hits you throughout the movie, or at least it did for me. And the the core of it is Tommy Lee Jones trying to find extraterrestrial life with a antimatter powered satellite dish yeah beyond the reaches of the sun's magnosphere and so it sends a clear signal Mm -hmm. which leads to the whole journey um but like the contact out there and like there's these moments where brad pitt actually like perks up and shows emotion and one is when he's sending in the initial signal out to neptune to see if his dad's Mm -hmm. alive oh it's like the second or third like we don't know how many he sent but yeah, like the, he does like a scripted one at first, and then he does. He's like, "Ah, eh, screw it. I'm gonna do like the personal one." Right. That you're like waiting. Oh, okay, this is the one's gonna get him. And uh-huh. sure enough, it's like, "Okay, thanks. You can leave now." Like, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> then that's that. Those are the. That's that moment where Brad Pitt. You, Brad Pitt just like that's why you're gonna be an Oscar candidate this year, and all of those things. Then mm-hmm. further along as well. But um, where am I going with this? Oh, but also, and then like when you finally get him out there, and he's interacting with his dad on the station and just realizing how far gone he is. Like that's another one of those moments where he's just like fighting tears, like left and right. Yeah. There's the one single tear that goes down as he's like looking up at Tommy Lee Jones originally, which is yeah. like, Ooh, well done. Mm-hmm. And it's just bathed in the, like this green blue light. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I think the, the father son relationship worked for me, but I, I, I don't know. I feel like I could have maybe used a little more to understand why Roy, like, I mean, obviously you like, most people love and appreciate their fathers and look up to them mm-hmm. um, or I guess, you know, or just parents in general. But I felt like I needed maybe a little more of like maybe seeing like a, a flashback to when he was a kid and they were together. Like we don't, we never get to see Roy and Clifford on the same, like interacting as young as like when Roy is still young. So all you get is a message from Clifford. He's like, Oh, like joking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like I could use a little something extra to, hammer home like why Roy looked up to him because otherwise it's more of like my dad's a space hero and I am gonna try to follow in his footsteps you're like okay but like what what about him like did he appreciate and love so much that's what I felt I was missing a little bit from that connection yeah you get a little bit of the idea of it from um his initial like heartfelt message that he sends via lit space laser at Mm -hmm. Mars but you can't tell if that's performance art, like well, what exactly right. any of that is. And so, especially since that's the part of the movie where Brad Pitt is still somewhat disconnected, he untethered, I yeah. mean, if you will, like just well, mission focused before the end of it. So it's hard to tell what's real sentiment, what's not. And he's not even sure at that point if his dad is actually alive or not, right? Like yeah. he hasn't yet talked to Ruth Nega's character and been like, he murdered my parents and everybody else aboard the Lima Project to stay alive and search for aliens. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, He's a bad guy, apparently. And now it's Brad Pitt's mission to go and try to stop him. Um, so, I, yeah, I just feel like maybe a little bit extra ahead of time. And I guess you could maybe do the same thing with, like, you know, Liv Tyler's character, who is, like, one of the last things we see in this movie is that 
they're rekindling their relationship, which had previously fallen out because Roy was so committed mm-hmm. to space travel. But it's all like really short looks. It's not a lot. I think Liv Tyler only has like one line of dialogue and it's through a recorded message as well. So I think maybe they could have built up on some of the more important relationships in Roy's life to make this ending, I think more emotional for myself at least. Yeah. I I think I got there at the end because of the, the, um, the parawal, uh, the beginning and ending, Mm -hmm. how symmetrical they were with, uh, you know, him being like, I'm committed to the mission. I'm focused. My heart rate is like really low. And then you get it contrasted with the end where he's still saying the same things, Mm -hmm. but the perspective has been reframed. Yeah. And he's like, I am focused on the essentials. And this time he's not in space. He's not at the mission. He's at a diner with um, his wife coming in to, or his ex-wife, you know, coming in and meeting him for coffee and like, you know, trying to like, like you said, rekindle those things. I love that, that, you know, reverse framing of him realizing, all right, my dad's path led him, you know, to dive into the surface of Neptune, mm-hmm. you know, and die. Like, yeah. okay, that's not what I want. I'm going to go the opposite direction. And so he, like, uses that as armor to literally, like, break through the surface of Neptune's yeah. rings, which is, like, I was, like, like ugh, a little heavy on the, a little heavy there, but I, I, was, I like it. I was really worried because, um, like, because like, when – in that third act when Clifford and Roy are trying, like when Roy's trying to take Clifford back to earth mm-hmm. and then they tussle and they get kind of wrapped around in space and they're just kind of floating around. And then Clifford's like releases himself from Roy. And just, you know, like you said, goes flies down the Neptune river and dies. Probably um, Roy is just kind of left spinning there in space. And I was like, wait, does he even have one of those like remote control air pack things? And I was like, like, are we just going to leave him here and mm-hmm. dead? And that's his movie's going to end. Like, that'd be really depressing. And then he has one. I was like, okay, that, like, that's good. And then, but then when he, like, got on board and, like, flung himself towards the space station uh, with, like, just a metal shield, I was like, mm-hmm. if he lands and, like, just goes perfectly to that station, I was like, that's a bunch of BS. <laughs> like, nobody could have that good of aim from several miles away. Just be like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm going to be on this turning thing and launch myself perfectly. Like and like get through all the all the rocks that are in like it's like that, that yeah. that's not possible. And I was like, oh yeah, he does still have that. So mm-hmm. thankfully, he at least used that to like make to like get himself there. <laughs> yes, and it was less ridiculous than like the Martians Iron Man <laughs> glove moment. <laughs> that's right, uh, which that's I still right. love. There's a, there, there's some Martian vibes in this too, obviously, um, mm-hmm. especially when he's on Mars. Um, but yeah, I mean, movie looks great. Uh, did you think uh, at any point I, near the end because there is this whole thing about. Tommy Lee Jones's character looking for aliens. That's his whole thing is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Oh, I, I have to keep searching to know whether or not we're alone. And like, Roy's like, dad, you like, you figured out the answer. We are alone. Yeah. Like, and then all we see after like the, the, uh, the nuclear bomb goes off is him rocket through space, which I was a little confused about. Like, did he, was he knocked unconscious through that whole ride back? Was that thing? Would he get there and back in like a day or two? Cause it's like, it was supposed to be like, several months worth of journey i wasn't totally sure yeah, like several months worth of journey because he grew a beard right but i was like <laughs> but like he since all we see is the initial hit from the nuclear bomb yeah and then uh him arrive or the the start of the arrival and then mm-hmm. he his like him like waking up i was like wait was he knocked out this whole time like did he come back really quickly i'm not really sure what the mechanics were on that but um did you think when he landed 
that there was a chance that he was going to not arrive on Earth. There's going to be aliens or something. <laughs> yeah, monkeys would open up a capsule and it's like, Planet of Earth sequel or uh, Planet of the Apes yes. sequel. I, I mean, that was in the back of my mind a little bit. It's a Fox property. Like, it would have made for a super interesting, like, backdoor pilot oh, for that. Right. Um, but, I, but even if it wasn't, like, you know, monkeys, I'm just thinking, like, if his whole thing at the very end was, no, Dad, you, like, you figured it out. We're alone. Mm-hmm. And then, like... That would have been such an interesting, I think, ending, which I I like the ending that we still got where instead he arrives on a planet he thinks is Earth. And then instead of people from like Space Corp uh, arriving to like help him up, it's like these humanoid like creatures. But then they're like aliens. He's like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) my dad was right. (laughs) I didn't think any of that just because it was not like the movie James Gray was going to kind of make. Right. That makes sense. So I didn't really like go that far but i love that idea though that would have made me so mad i would have just walked out of the theater at the, <laughs> that, the first sign of it if, if that was the case and instead of this this nice wrap up to a story and we get aliens and that's just like where it leaves us it's mm-hmm. it's you know roy has discovered aliens now he's like stranded there with aliens and something his dander was able to accomplish what would your score be i i would i would have just i would have come in with a zero, a zero. i would have been so mad i would have been furious it would have just uh, abandoned I, everything the, else. The last, like, I mean, I walked out in the last 20 minutes of uh, Serenity and gave that, what, a point five? Yeah. Like, like, at least the movie was like a thriller and it was like, here you go. Like, this was the setup the whole time. Uh-huh. But if you got with James Gray's making a movie and then Disney's like, well, we got to reboot the Planet of the Apes <laughs> movies. All right, quick, quick, quick. Cut these people in. Yeah. That, that's what it would have felt like. And then I would have, yeah. I probably wouldn't even shown up to taping today. <laughs> okay. I would just be like, movie bad. See you next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> On that same note, though, I did ha- find it somewhat fascinating and coincidental that this movie is releasing. It's about space travel and looking for alien life. Released the same weekend of the Area 51 raid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like that's like that's just like a nice piece of coincidental timing. And then I started thinking, oh, like, when's the Area 51 raid movie going to happen? What would that mm-hmm. be like? Are they going to go drama? Would it be comedy? What can you do with it? I don't know. But I just thought that was that was a funny thing. That is a Lonely Island movie that needs oh, to absolutely. happen. It's like either like Lonely Island or Taika. Like just give us the, the Area 51 raid movie where it's like either based around this insane story uh or like it's just like a riff on it where it's like hey like let's uh like or like a seth rogan evan goldberg thing where it's like here it is mm-hmm. we're gonna do a couple guys you know because it's them probably get high and they're like all right let's let's go invade area 51 <laughs> and uh then it doesn't end well or it does end well and they get in there discover all the secrets and they're oh yeah heroes or this is definitely a netflix film too oh i mean it's gotta happen mm-hmm. look for it it'll be it'll be it'll be like the oscar winning movie about like delusion and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> self-grandeur and you know about 20 years watch just watch i mean that'd be great but i guess back on the ad astra uh track here is there anything else uh, that we need to talk about. I feel like we've gone over the ending, the opening, uh, yeah. Brad Pitt. You know, you said he an Oscar-worthy performance. Is that for this movie? Are you talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I think, I think this is an Oscar-winning performance. Winning. Or this is an Oscar-nominated okay. performance. I think he'd win if he was nominated for. But I would put him in contention for Best Lead Actor and then run him in... Um, in supporting for Once Upon a Time. In supporting for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like, if that's what Fox wants to do. Uh-huh. If Sony ran... Sony, yeah, Sony's once upon a time. That's mm-hmm. what I would do if I was Fox. That's what I would do if I was Disney. I mean, I'm sure they'll try to push it there. I don't know if it'll totally get there. Because, again, I feel like this is a performance similar to Ryan Gosling's performance as Neil Armstrong in First Man. And that didn't get anything, surprisingly. So. Yeah, well, of course, like, I think I even said in my review at the time of for, um, once, or for First Man, like, it's so subdued. You're like, I don't know if we should give you 
you know, an Oscar for this, yeah. like because you're trying to be Neil Armstrong. Mm-hmm. The only time you really feel Ryan Gosling acting is when there's Claire Foy next to him. And that's and she didn't even get nominated nah. for her role, which is just abhorrent. And so when you when you when you come around to this side and you've got this is like the only Fox movie that they're really gonna push outside mm-hmm. of Taika Waititi's. Well, um, uh, they're Ford v Ferrari, right? They are Ford v Ferrari. That's true. So they they've got a they've got a nice like Christian couple Bale. of people in there. That's true. They have a whole slew of people yeah. in there. They're gonna run. Hmm. Well, man, I would I I would love to see Brad get at least some love for this because oh, sure. I think it's. I think it's phenomenal. I think it hits those notes that you want to see. Like it's about like fathers and sons. Like mm-hmm. the academy is mostly men. So like, like you know, why <laughs> why would they not like pass this up? It's a good you know chance to give Brad some uh, love. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I would leave it right there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it did remind me. I was like, we don't have enough Donald Sutherland in movies. We I, don't. I liked. I like. You feel like he would have. I mean, he was already Donald Sutherland before he did Hunger Games. I feel like after doing that role, like he he would have been like snagged up in some other big franchise after that but no he's been i don't know what he's been doing instead i feel like this is the first movie i've seen him in since mocking jay part two so like in four years i don't think i've seen a donald sutherland movie role i don't think that I could be wrong either. but i can't think of anything off the top of my head and i don't feel like looking it up right now but uh anything else we need to touch on with that astra no i really think that's it um i mean is it rewatchable you're gonna see it again oh yeah i'll yeah. buy the 4k blu-ray steelbook Early digital too, you know all the things. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's my favorite movie of the year. Like, there we go. I, I'm I'm subdued right now, but let me tell you, like the more I watch this movie, the more <laughs> I will not shut up about it. I can promise you, you'll hear about it a ton in the days coming. So next week when we do our review, you're gonna. What did you watch recently? Oh, I went and saw Ad Astra three more times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like what? Don't. I mean, actually, count on it because okay. this was so good. All right. Well, on that note, let's move into what we've watched recently. Um, and for me, I've continued Scorsese September again. Not a ton of uh, you know, I, pro- I didn't watch as much as I probably should have this week so far. I'm gonna try to make up for that a little bit. But I uh, watched After Hours movie. I didn't really, I, I did not really care for. Mm. It's like this weird, like super weird, like crazy one night adventure with this you know one guy who's like bored at his like desk job and he's like oh like let's then he meets a girl then his whole night just becomes chaotic and insane you're like it's so over the top and ridiculous that i was like i'm expecting some twist or something to happen from scorsese never it came and i was like oh well okay that's that Mm -hmm. um but instead i watched the color of money uh for the first time that was really good. Paul Newman and Tom Cruise, they're excellent in this movie. Uh, and it's just really fun. The pool sequences that it, like it, it really nails, I think as somebody who's played pool a little bit and like it recreationally, like I think it really pulls off. I wish maybe there was a little bit more of the, the hustling one Oh one type uh, stuff that they're, they're going for this movie, but otherwise really solid. And then the big one that I watched for the first time uh, since the last time we spoke was the King of comedy, yeah. uh, which was fantastic. I mean, De Niro is so good. I, w- I could have done without the crazy girl who's like part of his sort of plan there at the end. Yeah. Because like her whole thing, I feel like didn't really do anything besides give you that super weird, mm-hmm. let's just do it on the table stuff. I'm like, well, I, where is this coming from? Like, you don't seem like you really matter to the story. Um, but otherwise, that uh, the, the, the long monologue of him doing his comedy and it working and like all that stuff works so well. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
yeah, obviously, again, a lot of Joker vibes that are what I think will be in Joker in yeah. two weeks. So. Like, I, I followed up. I rewatched King of Comedy with you. It had been so long. I watched it with my dad, like, forever ago. Mm-hmm. So I watched that this week. And yes, yeah, now on Prime if you want to check it out. Yes, absolutely. And, like, you just don't know through that entire movie, like, this guy is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's totally crazy. And we're like, but is he? He seems sweet and charming. Well, and, and you're like, also like, time. how much of this is actually real versus how much is not? Exactly. And so you're just like, I... I didn't experience that the first time. I was just like, what's going on here? This is an old movie. Yeah, mm. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, why is the quality so bad? Or, you know, all of those things. <laughs> and so, but like, finally, you finally get to see that part of the story. And you're just like, I like this guy. I want him to be like nice and not totally crazy. But look who he's like hanging out with. Look what he does in his basement all the time. Yeah. <laughs> the whole like, shut up, ma type yeah. thing. Like, I'm so, it's so hilarious to me that that was like a thing. Back in the eighties, seventies, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, late seven, or no, early eighties is when it came. But out. it is, it is terrific, and like you said, the Joker vibes are there. So yeah. I cannot wait to actually feel that movie out. Yeah, I mean, we'll be here in two weeks, so it's very, very soon. And then, not new movies, but I did revisit John Wick Chapter Two and John Wick Parabellum. Excellent. John Wick Chapter Two, I would, I wouldn't be so high on. I think I gave it like a five out of five. Yeah. When we talked, I think I'd bring that down a little bit. I think I'd give. I think I gave it a four. Yeah, I think I'd land on a four too. I'd appreciate how subtle the world building is and how it just lets you figure it all out for yourself. But yeah, the it's a little hokier mm-hmm. than the original. It's just not shot in that super wide, and so you lose some of the. I don't know the art. Mm-hmm. I suppose. Parabellum. But then three still holds up. Still holds up. Good. If I, if I give it, did I give it five out of five? I should. Oh, have. I think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm still. I'm still there on that one. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Uh, that's one I, I bought recently. I need to rewatch it. Um. So I, I rewatched Booksmart. That movie. Man. That movie is so good. Uh, if you have not seen Booksmart yet, please go check that out because now out on digital and Blu-ray, and it is definitely worth a watch. One of the best of the year. So. Through all of our recommendations, what we watched recently, what's now out in theaters with that Astra, there's a lot to go see. Neither of us saw Rambo, Last Blood. Mm. Um, don't plan on it based on the reviews. Never even seen a Rambo movie. So uh, <laughs> even though I own four of them now. <laughs> Still funny to me. Which now it's like, wait, do I? So now do I wait until the whole five disc set is like $10 on Blu-ray, buy them again? I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you saw Rambo, let us know what you guys thought about it. If we should go see it, I don't know. Uh, but otherwise, there's some movies on Prime, uh, Netflix, Between Two Friends. I also... Uh, not mo- it's not a movie, um, but I re- I found out today that there are new episodes of the Chef Show hmm. on Netflix that dropped last week, and I was like, um, "Excuse me, Netflix, why didn't you tell me about this?" Like it is so good. I'm only two episodes. I'm only two episodes in of the. Uh, I think there's six or eight new episodes, um, but it is fantastic stuff. The first episode of the new volume is Seth Rogen. The second episode is uh, John and uh, Choi with this like pizza guy and the pizza looks so good and it just made me super hungry. But uh, yeah, that's on Netflix. But otherwise, I think that's all we have for this week and this review. We'll be back on Thursday with a big question. Um, but in the meantime, be sure to tell us your thoughts on anything covered by Twin Out for the film. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper. And you can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, head over to iTunes and give us a five-star review with comments. Thanks for why you enjoyed listening to the show. Thanks again for tuning in to the Defense Film Podcast. Josh, thank you for stopping in. And be sure to turn next week for our future episode.